This is the Hand Down Man Down Show on NBN Radio. What's going on, everybody? We're back for another edition of the Hand Down Man Down Show. This is your boy, Danny. We're back, signing back in after a nice little brief basketball break. It's me. It's me, it's me, and then we got my boy Tim back on the line. What's going Yo. on with you, boy? What's up, bro? Nothing. Same old, same old. Ain't much, man. Ain't much. We we on we on a bit of a basketball break right now, yo. It's not. Yeah, nice little break. <laughs> yeah, it's not not a, not a lot of basketball going on. Um, been able to you know been kept, been able to catch up on some of the highlights of like the FIBA Women's World Cups and the you know Team USA going over there playing real well. A lot of those international teams are really playing strong right now. You got the NBA starting to pick back up. You got a couple people in their practice. You know, went to the Wizards open practice tonight. They look they're looking really good right now. So we'll definitely see how they look once they get their roster trimmed down a little bit. Right. You know, they still they're still trying to, you know, figure everything out for who's going to be on the rotation, you know, who's going to uh, come off the bench. Because it sounds like they already know who their starters are going to be. But even from what I saw, you know, just in the little, just in the the little bit of the open practice that they were that they held, they look they look like they're going to be a solid solid team. But in the end, I mean, it's really been about on the basketball I've been able to catch up on. What, what's, what's some of the basketball you've seen so far? Yeah, not too much. I'm in the same boat. Um, I've been catching. I just was watching the preseason game with Boston and Charlotte. Um, no basketball really other than that, man. It's been hard um, catching any basketball lately with the break we having. But, yeah, just this Boston and um, Charlotte preseason game, and I'm looking forward to catching any other preseason games, man, before this season um, ramp up. <laughs> yeah, no question. Because everybody must know we got some – Real key days coming up in terms of when basketball is really getting ready to get started. You know, the NBA starts up October 16th. College starts up November 6th. Men and women. So be on the lookout. We can go have some more stuff coming with that, with those uh, two leads as as everything starts to rev up for us. But in the meantime, between time, tonight, today's tonight's episode is really talking about the love of the game. Basketball has been around shoes since since the 1800s dr james naismith who is canadian by the way didn't know that he invented the game and it was been something that's been that has been grown here in the in the united states overseas men have evolved playing the game women have definitely evolved playing the game so it's it's definitely been a good interesting growth to see how the game has has gone about you know with everything that's been going on we've seen so many players come through so many so many skilled players so many legendary players so many legendary coaches legendary teams but the thing about it is you got to pay attention to how much the game has grown you know especially from the time from when it was first being invented to the time of the 50s and 60s to the the roughneck (laughs) strong bang them out game of the 80s and 90s to what we have going on today in this high potent high offensive league so i mean what's some of the things you've noticed since the game has grown since the time we've been around um man i can name um 
I can name a few. Like, I just think for the one that stands out to me, I think everybody that watches basketball is like the physicality. Like, it's it hasn't changed for the, I wouldn't say it changed for the worst, but it has made a change. Maybe because, like, most most of the players back in the day, I think more of them relied on physicality than skill. Like, rather than the game today, like, most people rely on skill and finesse more than, you know, strength and muscle. So I think the I think to me I just think the physicality, um of course the way the game is called far as from the refs, um, from coaches also, um, I think is I would say I would say it's less less well, depending on what teams you're watching, I think it's less freelance. I think it's more freelance now than it was back then as far as like more sets were being called back then, more plays were being back, um, drawn up. So just the gameplay and the physicality to me, um, what you what, what you think? I mean, I guess definitely the way I think nowadays when you look at when you look at the game now, you see you you see from what so many players have done from the eighties and the nineties, you look back and for, you know, you see how how much more, how skilled the players are back then. Because the one thing that has, that's come to mind to me is, you know, during the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, early 2000s, there was a plethora of post players in the game. You know, a lot of guys in the, in the league at the right. four and the five position who you could throw the ball to, pretty much 15 feet and then. And they could go get you a productive play, whether it's a basket, you know, scored by them, whether it's a basket scored by another player off of a pick and roll action or, you know, pass and pass and cut action. You know, players have were able to make more moves on the block, you know. And then at the same time, a lot of guys, like how nowadays players are more known for as just specialists. You know, you got your three-point specialist, your three and D guy, your – just your defensive guy, you know, not too many skilled guys on the block anymore. You know, that's that's one of the things right. I've seen that's it's different now than what it was back then. You know, I was I was watching basketball love story on uh, on ESPN online, and one of the players that that it mentioned to me in the series was Arvita Sabonis. Now I know you remember Arvita Sabonis from those days when he's playing in Portland. Portland, right. Now, I didn't know the Arvita Sabonis that we were watching for so many years. I didn't know he had went through so many different changes to his body, so many injuries, and so much other stuff going on that the one that we were able to see through his days in Portland, he was he was a water, it was almost like a watered down version of himself, if you get what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Because from what I heard from stories, you know, he could he could play on, on the three-point line. He was very, very agile, very light on his feet, very athletic, could score anywhere around the basket, could defend multiple positions. So to see, you know, to see that he might he was still skilled, don't get me wrong, but his body right. was just his body just gave out on him because of so many different injuries. Right. But nowadays there aren't there aren't too many guys like that in the league who can do everything, you know. Because like take take for example, you know DeAndre Jordan. 
DeAndre right. Jordan was never a guy who you can throw the ball to down low. He mm-hmm. hasn't been that way since he's been in the league. He's been more of your rim-protecting, pick-and-roll center in the NBA since he's been in the league. Clean up the glass, yeah. You know, and and it's concerning that, you know, he doesn't really have that much of a posting. I'm not saying he doesn't. It's just I don't see I don't see it because he's pretty much and for whatever team he's played for the scheme has him being a pick and roll rim protecting center. Now don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. It gets him no. paid. Mm-hmm. But what it's like be- like you just said. But if he if he had it, he'll use it. Or if they knew he had it, they'll use it. So it's like it, it, it has to be a point where he doesn't have it because if he if he did, he'll use it. So it's like. I guess they're just using him for what he, you know, what I'm saying what his what his best attributes are, bringing it to the game. Because I know if I had a a center of his stature that can actually put that back to the basket and give me a a basket off their post moves and finesse, I would use it at least, you know, what I'm saying a couple times coming down. So I never, like you said, me and you never seen it. So obviously, it's not something that he has in his arsenal. Oh yeah, no question, no question at all, but. It's just amazing to me how much things have changed from the time we've since the time we've been watching the game and and <laughs> me and you've been watching the game since we've been in diapers from the time we was at you know my house down in DC or when I, we was hanging out when I was living in Maryland or right or hell just just the time we was when we was hanging out at your, you know down at your, down on your end it was we watched so much basketball from time to time it's amazing to see how much has changed from from then to now, you right. know, see, see, seeing guys like LeBron and KD, you know, LeBron is built like Carl Malone. But exactly. he, had, he handles the rock like magic. He passes like magic. Mm-hmm. He has the creativity and the, the agility to get to the basket like Dominique. You know, it's scary to me. And then Durant, I mean... A seven, six foot eleven, seven foot small forward who can pull up from pretty much forty feet with with the ball <laughs> hand with the ball hand and scales of a guard can defend very very well. I'm forty, like Stephen A. <laughs> right, I'm I'm pulling I'm a Stephen 40. A. quote. I don't, I don't never I'm quote 40. him, but I, I had I had to quote him because he yeah. brought up a good point. He can pull up from forty feet. And make it look effortless. Yeah, like so, a you know, most guys we see around those guys' size, they're in the paint. You know, now granted, Dirk was Dirk was the first. I I admit it, Dirk was the first. He was he was the seven foot European guy who came who came into the country and was doing everything that we see KD doing. But KD just right. does it on a different level. Mm-hmm. You know. What other players nowadays remind you of somebody like that who's changed the game so much from the time that was from, let's say, like the eighties up to this point? Nah, like any any position, any position. <laughs> I any mean, position. There's, um, there's too many. There's so them. many. Yeah, it's so many. Like, um, I'll just name. Um, I would name. I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name ah, it's so hard. I want to name I'm gonna name Russell, and and the reason why I name Russell because like he just took the like just the just the 
just the high motor, the the the, the anger he plays with, like the good anger he plays with, like like just the just the athleticism that he has, like I couldn't think of I can't think of a player that that plays the way that plays the way Russell plays, like back then, like now, like like I don't think, and I don't think we're ever going to see like that, like nothing like that again. So I have to name Russell like far as like a person that changed the game, like that's in this era, like to me from back then. I could definitely see, yeah, Russell Russell was definitely one of the dudes, you know, who's who's like that. And then yeah, think about this: another guy. Now, I don't care. I don't care how old men you get. Our conversation starts and begins with Jordan. Yeah, no question. No and, question. And every facet of what we talk about when it turn in terms of the game of basketball. Yep, no I question. mean, Mike for a lot of us was the reason we picked up a basketball in the first yeah. place. I got my first Michael Jordan jersey from you. <laughs> See, there that's you crazy. go. See, yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah, you remember that. Yeah. See, I, it, yeah. I got, I, your first jersey was Jordan, and it got for me. And then out of nowhere, ironically enough, maybe like a couple years later, the next jersey I got was a, a Michael Jordan Washington Wizards jersey. Yeah, I mean, you gave me that Bulls jump. It was a reversible jump. I'm never going to forget that shit. Never going to forget yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no question. I still remember that reversible joint. That was one of my favorite jerseys. But I had to give it to you because, one – I got too big for it, and I was two, about to say, you 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 went on a gross, <laughs> crazy yeah, gross spot. <laughs> went on that gross burden and wasn't fitting me anymore. But it was it was going to the next person who I felt was worthy of, so I'm good with it. Yeah. But in a sense, I bring it up is because Mike Mike did things on the court that was just completely different. It's like it's almost like he took what Dr. J and the guy and the rest of the guys from the seventies and the eighties and he and he tweaked it and, and I was about to say the same it. word. I was about to say the same word. He just and, tweaked it. And molded it into something totally different that no one has ever seen before. And then because of that, we, we got we we got Kobe and exactly we know what Kobe was like in the league. Kobe was a literally, literally a carbon copy of, of what Jordan was in the league. Mm-hmm. And to see where the game has grown from the time Mike has retired is a scary thought, you know, Very. and even, and even then, there were so many different guys from that era who we look back and we're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, they were they were unbelievable. Like, I can name of a few of them off the top of my head. Who were some of the ones that come to mind from when we were kids? Besides Mike, who who was who was very, very beneficial to the game in your in your eyes, who helped change the game for the better. First person off the dome, I have to say, uh, I have to. To me, to me, I like seeing uh, my strength in basketball. I like to shoot, so I would say, like, to me, it was Reggie Miller, and not for one of them, not just for the simple fact of him shooting, but like 
his competitiveness, like just the trash talk he did, like he brought the best he brought the best out of his opponents and his teammates all at the same time. And like just like his story, like how he always felt like he was an underdog toward like compared to Cheryl. So it was like he always had to prove to like he was proving to his family and to the league like he belonged. So it was like to me I'll say Reggie Miller, but it's plenty more to name. Like I can't think of another one to name right now, but I the first name that came to my head was just Reggie Miller, just as far as like his competitiveness. But it's also a lot of other players for the same thing, but just the first person that came to my head was Reggie. What about can, you? Who you think that you can name? I mean, for me, the first person that came to mind was was Barkley. You know, okay. Barkley. Because okay. when you think about it, Barkley was was the evolution of what we see now with undersized guys playing certain positions like, like remember right. Barkley was only 6'4 6'4 about say 6 I was going to say about say 6'3 but okay 6'4 okay yeah he was he was only about 6 maybe 6'3 six, 6'4 six, and he was still putting up you know 20 30 points with 10 12 rebounds a game you know and he did he did a little bit of everything between Shooting the three, handling the rock, taking guys off the dribble, his competitive nature, his leadership on the floor with his teams in Philly and in Phoenix and later on in Houston. You know, just seeing that was was something different. It was it was I can't even think of the word because it was that it had that much of an impact because now we have guys like Draymond Green. And you know, who's Draymond's only six seven. Like, think about that. Mm-hmm. Draymond is Draymond is only six foot seven playing the four and sometimes the five for Golden State. And yeah. you know, it's it's crazy to, it's crazy that it's come to that point. Cause even then when you think about that, you know, you start thinking about Dennis Rodman, because Dennis Rodman again, undersized four. I think at his best he was maybe six seven, maybe six six, six seven, and he was holding his own on the block. Like people, people would say when Rodman, when they found out Rodman wasn't playing, they celebrated. Like who does that? Right. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't want to see that man. Nah, no one wanted to see that man on the basketball court. Like, no one did. He frustrated players to the point where, you know, they celebrate in the locker room like, oh, my gosh, he's not playing. We have a chance. And Robin was not an offensive guy. Everything he did was on the defensive end. It was like rebounding, defensive, setting hard screen. You know... Everything he did was was more on the mental end. You know, he got players frustrated. He got players to play out of their character. He got players to play, you know, they never played their game when Rodman stepped on the floor. And it was, it's it's weird to me. It's weird seeing that. But that's the type of player that he was. He he could do things on the basketball court and and sometimes it had nothing to do with him putting the ball in the basket it's 
it's ironic to me that we see that now with Draymond, but Draymond has more of an offensive game now. Right. You know? But that's that's one of the main things I've noticed, especially with that. And then, yeah, you know. And speaking on you saying undersized people playing undersized positions, I just seen right here, I'm reading, it says Kuzma was um, trial playing center this year. And he's what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, yeah, he's about 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, yeah. Six, yeah, see, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a good, yeah, that's a good right there. Analogy right there, using that from Barkley, how they change the game because we just just seen one other player is about to do the same exact thing. Yeah, so it's it's wild. And see, the thing about thing what we said, you brought up Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma played, he played the three in college, right? And he had he he was one of those guys who could dribble the bat who who had a handle for the basketball who mm-hmm. could get to the paint he had that sweeping hook that that is that is an unbeatable move for him and it's worked for him to this point right. he can shoot he has a he's a very good jump shot and now you're going to tell me he's going to play some center this year yeah that's going to be um that's gonna be like hell for whoever's defending them on the defensive end. If they're not like, if you're not playing like a Draymond or like somebody that can slide to the five that can match him as far as like intensity, as far as sliding their feet, staying in front of them. So that'll be a matchup problem this year, especially depending on who will be the other four players. Of course, LeBron will be in that lineup. Um, Rondo for the first half of the season. So oh, yeah, rounding that five out, that'll be a scary sight to see. That'll be a scary sight. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and that's and that's the thing about it, you know the men the mentality of the players now versus the mentality of the players back back then, and mm-hmm. that's some that's something I really want to get into because it's I'm seeing a lot of things different. It's something that I don't I don't know if we can necessarily answer. We can try to, right. like when you when you look at players now, you know. I'm not sure, and and Isaiah Thomas brought this up because I saw this on the episode of Open Court, and it really got me thinking when I was thinking about how we were going to do have this conversation. He mentioned there are very select few guys who play for the championship, or do they play for the money? Mm. Do you do you think there are enough guys in the league who have the mentality to play more for the ring? Or they have the mentality is I'm trying to get paid, or is it a combination of both? Ah oh, man, this is bad. This is a good question. Um, me, my opinion, I think it depends on like I want to say your situation, but kind of like a situation. Like it's like it's just like it's first. I think it's the it depends on like where you get drafted one. You get drafted to a, you know what I'm saying, a team that's been 10th, 11th, 10th seed, 9th seed, you know what I'm saying, bottom of the barrel team. I think you're just thinking, you're just thinking to get the money first, like depending on what type of player you are. Maybe if you're a standout player or you're a superstar player coming in or a high-profile player coming in, maybe you're chasing, the, you know what I'm saying, the fame and the winning and all that. But if you're a player that, you know what I'm saying, just snuck into the league, you're just first you're just trying to survive, then you're trying to get the money, then maybe later on down the line you're trying to get a ring. Prime example, like like Carmelo Anthony, like I think I think for the most part at the beginning of this season, I think he was I think he wanted to secure his money. 
Not saying that he didn't compete for a ring, not saying that he didn't want a ring, but there was numerous opportunities that he could have went and left and chased the ring, and he didn't. He stayed for the money. So I think it's a mixture. I think more. I think more people are playing for the. I think more people are playing for the money at the early years of their season, the early years towards their career. But like, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that nobody doesn't want to win a ring, but. I think that with the situation that they're in or what, you know, circumstances that comes to them, I think that they'll just take the money first and then worry about the ring. I could I can I can definitely agree with that. And the only reason I said it's because when you when we when I look back on everything that's happened in the league, um, per se with you know, watching like LeBron and like Durant and you know, Steph Curry <laughs> A lot right. of our a lot of our superstar guys seem like they're more in it for the ring necessarily than for the money. Like they know they'll get paid. They know the money's coming. It's just I think I see a lot more guys who are trying to play more in terms of just for the money and not in terms of trying to win a championship. Right. And the and the only reason I say that is because there are a lot of guys in the league who are getting paid like they won a championship, but they haven't done a thing in the league yet. You know right. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. perfect like perfect perfect example and and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm only using him just for an example. I'm not saying he's a bad player, you know. Mike Conley was, and I, and I still say to this day, he's the most underrated point guard in the league, behind, um, no, not even necessarily behind Damian Lillard, because we, because I, we all know who Dame Lillard is. Yeah. We just know that Mike Conley doesn't get the same recognition that a lot of the point guards get because. He plays in Memphis, and they don't get to go to the playoffs a lot. And when they do, they don't necessarily go that much farther. Right. But he got paid handsomely well a few years ago. And, you know, he had a couple all-star appearances, but nothing nothing more outside of that, you know. And – it's nothing. It's it's nothing of his. It's nothing he could have done to change that because he he deserved to get that payday because he was playing so well. Right. It's it's just there. There again, like I said, there are a number of examples who we could use when we look at guys who get paid like they are superstars. Right when they haven't really done enough to merit that sort of pay. You know what I mean? Understandable, yeah. So it it kind of it it really got me thinking like is there anybody else in the league who you think seems like they're getting paid more than what their their play on the court says they deserve to be paid. And I'm nah, leaving rookies um, out of the equation because the rookie scale is right. Um, um I really, uh, if to me it would be like maybe like the 
I like the players that just, you know what I'm saying, that just signed that just signed those newer deals like a like a Allen Crab. I'll say Allen Crab. Like he got a nice he got a nice check. Like he got he didn't get paid significantly well, but for the type of player that he is, like he kind of he kind of benefited. Like you could say he kind of benefited from the money going up. I wouldn't say that he's not worth the money. I don't want to sit and disrespect nobody's game, but he's just like he. I think he got paid a pretty penny for 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 what he does. Like it's not like he's doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Like eye popping or outstanding. He's a good contributor for um, Brooklyn, but I think he got paid a pretty penny for what he's doing. I mean. I, it's a couple others to name, but um, I'll yeah, name like a guy like Alan Crabb. Um, uh, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. No other person to me like really got like an outstanding contract that I don't think was this. That I don't think was too deserving of it. Just like you said, Conley. I just think he's just just a, a product of his environment. Like he's like it's it, it's not too much over in Memphis. Like. And that's a guy like I think like I think what that I think is playing for money because like in certain situations he could have demanded a trade or certain situations he could have wanted to go somewhere else. But he knew that payday was coming from Memphis and he knew that if anybody was gonna give it to him it would be Memphis. So yeah, I I don't really can't really name or think of too many right now off the head that I don't think is deserving of the money they got. If you can name another, yeah, I'm all ears. I mean who else can I think of in this? Because it's, it's a let me sit up because it's a number. It's a number of guys who I've seen in the league, and I'm just looking, and I'm just like, how did? Oh you... my god! Um, I'm sorry, my fault, bro. Noah just popped in my head, and not saying that, not saying that Noah wasn't good at one point, but come on, man, like. Everybody's seen he wasn't what he was when he got that last check, I think, from – was it from New York, I think? It or was did they from... – Yeah, about no. to say, did they inherit that check? Did they inherit that contract they, from somebody else? They inherited that contract from from Chicago when he got traded. Okay, along okay. With the, along with the Derrick Rose trade. Okay, cool. Okay, but, I mean, like, oh, man, he's, he's still getting paid. Like <laughs> – like Noah's still getting money from somewhere. I haven't seen Noah on the court in like what two, three seasons. Like, yeah, not, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I think. Like I think, I think the, I think the question, like the, like the, the way we're looking at it, like for for Noah and Noah's and Noah's situation, I think it was just a person that got paid money that at that time he wasn't deserving of it. Not you can't because I feel like you can't pay a person off previous. You can't pay a person off previous performances. Or to me, I wouldn't pay a person for what their potential would be, like or what their ceiling is. I want to pay you for what you're doing now. Like I want to pay you for what you're doing now. So it's like Noah's situation is like he he had nothing to bring to the table at the time of his career when he got that money. He had his years. He was coming off injuries. He never shook back. He didn't deserve that money. So, like, players like that, Noah. But other than that, yeah, I wouldn't. I Noah and Crab, but just Crab because that's all I could think of. And I know he got paid when the um when the money went up for um everybody for the TV deal that they just did. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Noah. I'll say Noah. 
Yeah, that's 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 one of the dudes who came to mind for me at least. But that's the that's one of the that's one of the things that of the game that's changed so much. So many guys are getting paid, right. and yeah. sit back and wonder: Did they earn? Did they earn the money that they were getting? You know, from the way they were playing on the court, because like, because most in most sports, it's a "what have you done for me lately" type of deal now. Right. And with most guys, if you put up big numbers, you know, for like two straight seasons, you're garnered a big payday, and that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because they haven't done it on a on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? Right. So it totally agree. So it's it's wild and kind of like different that that's happening. But again, like I said, that's just how the league is, and that's the changes the league has made. Because like I said, you know, along with you know people getting these you know good pays, you look at the league, and most times they're playing. It's it's more, it's a lot of small ball being played. And this is where. This is where I come back to when I said there's not a lot of post play in the league. You know, centers are getting centers are getting out, you know, outdated and you know nullified because of the way the game is played. The game is played at such an up tempo pace. You know, with most centers, if you can't, not even most centers, most most post players in general, the four and the five, if you're not a guy who can stretch beyond 15 feet. Right. Or who can handle the basketball, you're not really, you know, of much use nowadays to most teams. Cause like right. I said, look at like after Ant, Draymond, like, every, every after Draymond, everybody wants to Draymond now. Like it's it it's been seen, like everybody wants to Draymond. So it's like like yeah, so to piggyback what you said, it's like if you're not doing what Draymond brings, it's like at the especially the way the the four and the five is changing now. If you're not if you're not sh- at the five, if you're not shooting the three like Horford, like Horford, or like a Demarcus Cousins, or like a Embiid, he's trying to hit it now. Like, yeah, like the four and the five has changed a lot. Like, that, yeah, I, that, that position itself has changed a lot. But you got to think about it. Look at when we talk about the four and the five. Look, it it all started for us anyway. It all started with those teams in Miami. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Bosch right. at the Bosch at the five, Braun at the four, and then you run three small guards at the one, two, and the three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of teams now are start are going that route in terms of playing small ball basketball, and right. it's it's amazing to me how many teams are going that route now. You know, now they're they're only. To me, at least, there are only four centers in the league, four post players in the league who can still play in this day and age the way the style has been played. You already mentioned Embiid, you know, mm-hmm. and then you bring up Carl Anthony Towns, um, Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins. You know, those are the only four who can truly play up to the style because even with, like I said, the centers who are, you know, your rim protecting guys. You Gasol, know, too, in, he's just a little, little older on, the, little on the older end. But yeah, Gasol, Mark, Mark and Powell, I think. Yeah, not, no. I don't think, yeah, I don't think those two are athletic as the ones we named. But 
pause, bringing, um, you know what I'm saying, hitting the three, knocking that shot down. Both of the Gasol brothers, I think, them two. Yeah, no question. So that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing about it nowadays. A lot of these guys, you know, they tend to they're 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 starting to they're starting to like to make that change where a lot of small ball is being played. Right. And centers like Rudy Gobert, who still has a defensive mentality to do it, because because of his defensive mentality, he still has the skill to keep doing what he's doing. You know, DeAndre Jordan, because of his defensive mentality, he can still do what he has to do. But those four guys, those two guys, particularly Jordan and Gobert, they are – oh, man, oh, how can I forget Dwight Howard? Um, almost almost forgot right. to throw his name into that mix. You know, with outside of those three, there's nobody else I can think of off the top of the head who is that well on defense that they can stay on the court and be still be a valuable asset to the rotation? Because you got to think about yeah. this. What was you going to say? Oh, no, go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. No, I was going to say because since Dwight Howard, and I'm and I'm using Dwight Howard as the example because, because of what he's done since he's been in the league. Right. He has averaged a double-double every year he's been in the league. And we're talking the years when he wasn't healthy to the years where he was 100%. All he did was just average a double-double every season he's played in the NBA. Even his, even with his down years, you know, after right. Orlando with the years in L.A. and, and Houston – in Atlanta, Atlanta and in Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know, he was still averaging at least 13 and 11 every season. And I'm looking at it, I'm looking at his numbers now. Rookie year, 12 and 10. Second year, 15 and 8, 15 and 12. Third year, 17 and 12. Fourth year, 20 and 14. And then even now with the last Three years in Houston, 13 and 11. In Atlanta, he averaged 13 and 12. Last year with Charlotte, 16 and 12. When you got a guy like that who can still produce on the offensive end and defensive end and still rebound the basketball, he's he's liable to be kept. It's just outside of, like I said, outside of the three we mentioned with DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and Rudy Gobert. There's nobody else in the league anymore. There's nobody else in the league who I can think of, at least, who can still who can still put up those t- type of numbers and still be a viable, uh, productive player in the rotation. Right. So, with those, with everything that's changed in the league, people playing small ball, uh, with the many different rule changes that's happened in the league, you know, defensive three seconds. Because remember, back in the day, you could play zone. Zone, right. You know, yep. teams, teams were breaking out two threes and one three ones. And I still remember I was watching a game from the – oh, I forget what year it was. It was during the 80s. It was the, it was the Lakers and the Sixers. And Pat Riley said the Sixers were killing them. So 
he broke out the one three one zone and it alleviated everything Philly was doing on the offensive end. It forced them to shoot jump shots because as you, as we both know, when you play the one three one, everything is so car- compartmentalized into certain small areas for the offense. Right. You know, it and forces not even you it, that many areas, right? It's not mean that areas to work with within against a one three one. Right. And and if you and, that, and, that, and that's if you play it right. Right. So when he broke out the one three one, you know, it it changed the game and it was able to get LA back in the game to win the game. You couldn't even fathom playing to a zone defense right now with the way one teams shoot the basketball, two with the way the rules have changed in terms of defense of three seconds, you couldn't even think of playing a zone defense right now because your team would get torched. Right. Too many shooters in the league now. Too many shooters in the league right now. So for for them to be where they are now and to see, you know, how, you know, the mentality of certain players has changed over the years – you know, the game has grown so much, and that's one thing that I love about the game is the fact that it has grown and it has adapted to the, to the, to the times and is still producing good basketball, whether it be men or women. And we will definitely talk about the growth of the game when it comes to women's basketball in, our, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks or so. 